You are listening to The North Podcast, a ministry of Mount Perrin North in Marietta, Georgia. Hey, good evening, folks. How are you tonight? Yeah, you look amazing. Why don't you turn to the person sitting next to you, and if they're not too creepy, just tell them, you look really amazing tonight, all right? Man, I'm glad you're here. Glad you were here last night, what the Lord did last night. Glad you were here tonight and looking forward to what the Lord's going to do tonight. Here's what I know. I know in a moment the word's going to come, and I know God is going to speak to your heart, but here's what I know. I believe more than anything else, God is going to heal some of your hearts tonight. There are some places that God's word is going to dig into and dig up for one reason only, so that he can heal your hearts tonight. I am absolutely thrilled to have our speaker tonight. He is a great friend, a great leader, uh, a writer, um, an excellent writer. He's a great preacher, um, a great pastor, and um, he has just become a friend over the last few years, and um, I have a ton of respect for him and the work God is doing in him and through him, and also the gifts that God has given him to be able to speak to the body of Christ in his local church setting, but also through a larger avenue through social media. He is reaching hundreds of thousands of people just through social media and his influence through that and and talking about the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to our lives. And I'm thrilled he's with us tonight. Uh, He pastors Life Church International here in the metropolitan Atlanta area, and we are thrilled to have him. Would you make welcome with me Pastor Travis Hall as he comes tonight? Thank you. Thank you, Mount Paranor. It is a thrill to be back here with you guys. My wife was, I was getting ready this afternoon and preparing to come and be with you. And my wife said, well, you're really excited. You like going here, don't you? I said, I love going to Mount Paranor. Every time I leave here, um, I don't know, this is my third or fourth time with you. Uh, I leave uh, refreshed. I leave encouraged and inspired. Uh, I told your pastor something a little bit ago. I'm going to say, I said privately, I'm going to say publicly, uh, I love your pastor. Uh, your pastor is one of the most authentic uh, and impactful people I personally know. And I just said something to him uh, tonight before I came out here. I'm going to tell you, um, I told your pastor, uh, he, he's just one of the people in my life that after I have left his presence, after I've left being around him, I feel like I know Jesus better. And yeah, absolutely. I said, I feel like I know Jesus a little bit better every single time. And let me just say something. As the pastor goes, so the house goes. And people are experiencing Jesus through you. I mean, I literally walked through the lobby tonight and saw people praying for people. I, I saw somebody say, hey, come here, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm like, man, this is revival. Like, we're not even in the, in the sanctuary yet. People are receiving prayer, and it was just an incredible environment. And I got to literally in, uh, interact with her twice. I feel like about 10 different team members before I uh, got to spend time with your pastor tonight. And each one of them was just so loving and gracious and kind and excellent. So I just wanna give a shout out to Mount Perrin North because God's doing something special in this house. Can we just give Jesus praise? tonight. Um, I want to just take a minute and share something with you. Um, this is my brand new book. Uh, your pastor was gracious enough to let me come and share my first book, Seven Deadly Thoughts, uh, a couple of years ago, and just released a brand new book called Enough, Living a Life Beyond Performance. Now, this is brand new. This is literally the first night I've taken it anywhere. Shh, don't tell my church. They haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking like like it's available at my church this Sunday. This is the first time I'm actually making it available. You can't even get it on Amazon until Sunday. 
Um, super excited about the message in this book. This book, uh, I co-authored this book with a friend of mine from Dallas, Texas, Pastor Ben Daly. And it's essentially, I get very transparent. Uh, my story is basically, I put my identity in a lot of things that wasn't Jesus. My identity was in ministry, my identity was in people. And what I've discovered about this is when you, you put your identity on deposit in something other than Christ, your life is a roller coaster of misery. Up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next. And then I discovered the freedom of finding out that I am not what I do, I am what Christ has done for me. And uh, poured, poured our hearts into this book. It's gonna be available after service and I'll be there to sign one. We'll, would love to chat with you. We'd just love to get this in your hands. Really believe in the message of this book and appreciate the, uh, appreciate the opportunity to share it with all of you tonight. Well, I'm excited about the word tonight. I believe God spoke to me about something specific to bring and share with you. I'm gonna break some rules because number one, anytime you write a book, the first thing you're supposed to do is preach it. Yeah, you sell more. So uh, <laughs> I'm not preaching out of the book tonight. Uh, I could have, I should have maybe, I don't know. But the Lord said, no, you're gonna preach this message. So I set that down to preach this message because God has a word for this house tonight specifically. And I'm gonna invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter five. And we're gonna take a uh, look at something that happens really uniquely between Jesus and Peter. And Luke chapter five, verses one through seven. I'll give you just a second to find it. Uh, always great to hang out with some uh, Michigan, fellow Michiganders here in the front row. Uh, God bless you. We're all mourning the Lions lost this last week, so thank you for your prayers. Yes, I've waited four decades to see that and they lost, but God's still good. Luke chapter five, <laughs> Luke chapter five uh, beginning at verse one. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you're excited about the word of God tonight, say amen. amen. Luke writes, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep. Everybody say into the deep. Into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners and the other boat to come and help them. And they filled both boats so that they, they began to sink. I want to talk to you tonight about going into deeper water. Deeper water. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for your word. We've already experienced and encountered your presence through worship, through prayer, through the red word of God. And we pray that in Jesus' name tonight, the anointing of the spirit of God that lives in us would open our hearts and minds up to receive something new that we haven't received before. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Um, I always love this story. It's, it's always, it's an amazing story because it kind of reveals Peter's personality. And I like Peter. There's a realness to Peter that I can connect to, I relate to. He's just a regular guy. 
And, you know, he's got these emotions he's dealing with and he's got, you know, a little bit of an attitude sometimes and he's just in this process with God. And sometimes it's just placed on display for everyone to see. And this is one of those moments because the Bible says that Peter had been fishing all night, but he had come up empty. And the scripture says that when Jesus sort of comes upon Peter, he's washing his nets. He had had finished for the night. Now, some theologians suggest that the fact that Peter is washing his nets, even though he caught nothing, could potentially be evidence that he's not just wrapping up for the day, but rather it's possible that he's quitting altogether. And I don't know, when I read Peter's story, I can sort of relate to that. Because um, as someone who knows what it's like to have somewhere in my life where I keep coming up empty in my net, here's what I can tell you, it's exhausting. Have you ever somewhere in your life cast a proverbial net only to come up empty again and again and again? And Peter was, I think Peter was discouraged. Uh, I think he was definitely disappointed, maybe even a little bit depressed. And he just, I think he just finally said enough is enough. And it's really an interesting, uh, interesting time for Peter to say, I'm, I'm kind of finished doing what I've always done. And it's easy to get tired when you keep coming up empty. Maybe you keep coming up empty in your marriage, like you keep believing God to do something in your family, but no matter how many times you cast the net and you pray the prayer, it just doesn't feel like anything is changing. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like you're coming up empty with your kids, your relationship with your children, or, or your hopes and your prayers for your kids. You keep casting the net, but, but no matter how many times you bring it back up, no real tangible change. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's your career or your sense of ministry or purpose. Like, God, no matter how many times I cast this net, no matter how many times I decide to kind of trust you, it keeps coming up empty over and over again. And if that happens enough, you can get really discouraged. And at some point you can say, is this, is this even worth it? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You begin to wonder if you wanna even keep trying because the more you try and come up empty, the more discouraged you get, the more disappointed you get. And eventually you don't even wanna get your hopes up. I know, I kind of know how Peter feels a little bit because Peter's tired. He's tired of empty nets. He's tired of empty boats. He's tired. He's just, just tired. And... Jesus's timing is incredible because just as Peter's ready to walk away, that's when Jesus shows up. <laughs> I, mean, I mean the impeccable timing of Jesus. Peter's washed his nets. He says, enough is enough. I'm tired of coming up empty. And that is the exact moment the son of God shows up. And this is where the story gets really fascinating to me because Peter's done. He's tired. He's discouraged. He's disappointed. But, but for some reason, the guy who had had it decides to step back in his boat for reasons he could not even explain. Some guy that as far as we know, he had just met for the very first time says, hey, do you mind getting back in the boat? Has Jesus ever asked you to do something that you really didn't want to do? You were just tired of trying to do it. 
And I don't think Peter can even articulate why he's getting back in this boat. I, I, I just imagine Peter sort of crawling back in and saying, what am I doing? I don't even know this guy. And I just basically quit. And some of you are here tonight and some of you are watching tonight. And, and, and there's some nets that keep coming up empty and you know how it feels to look at empty boats and you know how it feels to look at empty nets and you know how it feels to keep praying prayers and it doesn't feel like they're being answered. But just like Peter, you can't explain it, but there is a voice that won't let you walk away. There's something anchoring you. There's something that won't let you. You're frustrated and you're tired and you can't explain it to the people around you. And maybe even people around you have said, what are you doing? That net is always empty. Why do you even bother? And you can't even tell them why except there's a voice that keeps calling me back to it. Even though it's empty. And I think that is the very essence of faith because there are moments in our lives where by faith we have to just not even be able to explain to other people what's happening. All you can tell them is I just can't walk away from what God is calling me to. And in the natural, it doesn't make any sense. All you know is that like Peter, when you try to walk away, there's something that keeps calling you back. I've dealt with my own share of empty nets. I felt the discouragement of empty boats. And I've discovered that in my own human moments, I don't know about you, but I have this tendency that I can get so focused on the empty that I miss what's full. I can get so focused on the net that is empty and the boat that is empty that I can just sort of start to ruminate and I can forget that one of the greatest miracles of all is, watch this, that despite the fact that I kept trusting God and praying and believing God, some of the greatest miracles in our life is simply this, you're still here. <laughs> you can't explain why. You, you keep talking to God about it. You keep praying about it and fasting about it and worshiping your way through it and nothing seems on the surface to be changing. But one of the greatest miracles in your life, believer, is the fact that you're still standing, you're still in the boat, you're still casting the net, you don't even have a reason other than God said and you're just choosing to believe. That is one of the greatest miracles. You can't walk away. And you can't even tell other people why. And some people look at you sideways like, are you crazy? Why do you keep casting that net? I don't know, but, but I can't walk away from it. And this is exactly where Peter is at and this is exactly where Jesus meets him and here's why. You ready for this? Sometimes what you call empty, <laughs> Jesus calls available. <laughs> Jesus came looking for a vessel that was available. And sometimes what you call opposition, Jesus calls opportunity. Uh, many years ago, Tina and I, my wife and I, we've been married for going on 24 years. And I took her to this nice Italian restaurant in Metro Detroit. I'm originally from Michigan. And uh, I was a younger man and uh, still relatively early in my journey with Christ. And let's just say it's Friday night. We're at this nice restaurant and there's a lot of people there. People are getting seated. Have you ever been in a restaurant and you swear that family just got seated and they came in after you did? 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, and you try to be a Christian in that moment, like, well, well Lord, they probably need it worse, you know, and, and, and then somebody else gets seated and you're starting to, and, and you know, at this point in my journey, let's just say that the fruit of patience was not abundant upon the vine. I mean, it was, I could be relatively impatient because the whole time I'm sitting there and watching these families get seated and it was busy, it was a Friday night, uh, but I'm watching these three tables over here sort of in the corner and there's nobody at these tables. And I'm like, what's the problem? That would fit our party perfectly. I don't know why those, those, those tables are empty. Clearly they're available. What's, what's going on? And so finally I can't take it anymore. I see one more couple get seated and I walk up to the host stand as Christianly as possible. <laughs> and I say, rather matter of fact, I said, excuse me, um, listen, all these people are getting seated. We've been here. There's, you got three tables right here that are empty. Why can't we just have these tables? And the host who clearly was used to dealing with impatient people, as kindly as possible said to me, oh sir, those tables aren't empty, they're reserved. Sometimes what looks empty in your life is actually reserved. It's not that you have been forgotten. It's that in the calendars of heaven, God has a time and a space and a place where everything you've been believing God for is going to come to pass. So don't get focused on what looks empty. Continue to choose to believe that if God promised it, God will bring the promise to pass. Listen to me carefully. It's not empty. It's just been reserved and your name's on it. The reason I was impatient is because I didn't have the perspective of the host. The host had a calendar in front of him. He said, those tables have been reserved all week. If you could look at heaven's calendar right now, you would not dare walk away from your boat. You would not dare walk away from your net because there is a date and there is a time where God is going to deliver on all of his promises. He's reserving you for such a time. He's got his hands on your children. He's got his hands on your grandchildren. He's got his hands on your family. He has not forgotten you. The promises of God will never return void or empty. No, ladies and gentlemen, I came here to tell you tonight, don't you dare walk away from your boat. You have been reserved for a purpose. And Peter takes Jesus, the Bible says, a little away from the shore. And it's a little bit of a setup because he's like, here's the deal, Peter. I wanna preach to this huge crowd and I just need your boat. So if you don't mind, uh, you just sort of steer the boat and I'm gonna preach to the crowd. I personally think it was a setup. <laughs> I mean, he did preach to the crowd, but he, I think Jesus also knows this is the only way to keep Peter still. And Peter sat there and listened to Jesus' message. I don't, we don't even know exactly what the message was or what he preached. And he's preaching in this space of the shallow water. And when he finishes, he says, Peter, now launch out into the deep and put down your nets one more time. And Peter does the whole, hey, I appreciate it, but I know what I'm doing. I mean, essentially, he's like, I've done this all night. He said, I've done this my whole life. I just met you. This is my boat, quite frankly. I think he's trying to politely say, take a hike. 
And, and he's explaining to him why this isn't going to work. I've done this all night. I fish these waters my whole life, Lord. You know, it doesn't really make sense to go back out. But then he says something really important that we need to hear tonight. He says, I have no reason to try again except for one thing. He said, I've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, watch this, at your word, I'll let down the net. Nothing about Peter's past has changed. (laughs) He's in the same boat. He's in the same lake. He's fishing with the same net. The only thing that has changed is that Peter has a fresh word. I need to tell somebody something tonight. You don't need a new boat and you don't need a new net. All you needed the whole time was a fresh word from God to remind you that he has not forgotten you. Let me put it another way. You don't need a new marriage. You don't need a new career. All you need is a fresh word from God to remind you that he's fighting for you, that he's with you and he hasn't given up on you. Do it one more time. He said, all I've got now is a fresh word from God. There have been moments in my life that all I had was a fresh word from God. My circumstances didn't change. My situation didn't change. Relationships didn't change. The money didn't change. But you know what? God gave me a word. And the word was the only thing I had to cling to. Who knows what I'm talking about? Those moments where you get a word either in the altar or from the pulpit or from a friend. Somebody texts you. You get a phone call. I feel like God told me something and I need to share this with you. And that word becomes a lifeline that you cling to just when you're about to give up and quit. By the way, isn't it interesting? I've discovered that it's just when you're about to give up. It's just when you keep coming up empty so many times is the time you will be most tempted to quit. I don't know. I've just discovered that the enemy doesn't play fair. He really doesn't care about our feelings or emotions. And he will wait until we are absolutely at the most discouraged moment of our lives to whisper into our ear, it's never gonna happen. But it's also the exact moment that Jesus shows up and says, let me in your boat. Let me in your boat. And he is working with the fresh word. Listen to me. If you need a fresh word tonight, here it is. Don't you dare give up on the thing Jesus is getting ready to lift up. Peter is walking away from the boat. Jesus is walking toward the boat. Don't you dare walk away from the thing that Jesus is walking toward. Because you've been thinking about what you can do in your strength. I don't have the strength. I don't have it anymore. I'm so tired. Guess what? You're in a perfect position to experience the word of God. When we are weak, he is strong. He actually tells us that he uses those weak moments to flex a little bit and show us how much. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro about the whole earth. You know why? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. He cannot wait to show you what he's getting ready to do for you. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel like the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my heart to bring this word here tonight and tell you, don't you dare walk away from what God is walking towards. I know it doesn't look like it's going to change, and I know the net's still empty, and I know the boat's still empty, but Jesus is getting getting ready to step into your boat and Jesus is getting ready to fill the net. Don't walk away. Don't walk away from the dream that God gave you. Don't walk away from the calling God gave you. Don't walk away from the purpose God gave you and do not walk away from the promise God has given you. 
There's too much at stake and God has too much good for you. And Jesus said, he says, hey, hey, Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep water. This is where it gets really interesting because this is where we all get to decide in these deep water moments, is my faith gonna stay in my head or am I gonna let it drop into my heart? Um, uh, ancient church fathers used to believe that there were basically three stages of faith. They would call it basically the, the knowledge stage of faith. In other words, I could tell you, uh, uh, hey, Mount Perrin North, uh, there's a helicopter in the uh, parking lot. And you could say, okay, I mean, I, could, I guess I could believe that there could be a helicopter in the parking lot. That's sort of like faith up here. And then there's another faith called ascent. That's basically, um, I don't just believe there's a helicopter in the parking lot. I actually think that I could probably go out there and uh, I don't know, I could probably even get in it. And then there's what's called fiducia faith or heart level faith where you go from just believing it's true to taking decisive action based upon what you believe. When faith gets into the heart and you say, I don't just believe there's a helicopter in the parking lot. I don't just believe I can get on it. I'm going to go out there and get on it and take a ride. It's these moments that God invites us to say, okay, I know you know I can do it, but I'm asking you to believe I'm going to do it for you. Peter launched out into the deep water. Has God ever asked you to launch into the deep water? Your family, your faith. It preaches pretty well, but can I be honest? When you've got to live it, it's scary. It's scary. Launching out into the deep water is scary. You know why? Because the shallow water is very safe. You know? I mean, the shallow waters, we like, there's nothing wrong with this. There's a place for the shallow water. Shallow water's good. The shallow water's where Jesus did all of his preaching. He said, let's stay here. I'm gonna preach from here. Watch this. And this is where the struggle comes because many of us are living with the tension of liking the safety of the shallow, but wanting the miracle of the deep. And there's tension in between this space. And the reason we're nervous about the deep water is because we've been so disappointed sometimes and our hearts have been so hurt and we've been so let down, we've been so wounded. At least in the shallow water, I won't look like a fool if I fail. At least in the shallow water, I don't have to be vulnerable. At least in the shallow water, I don't have to take a risk. <laughs> I like the shallow water. It's very comfortable in the shallow water. I can tell you, it's very comfortable. Here's the problem. When God has put a promise in your heart and God's put a dream in your heart, you can't stay there and still be content. God is constantly bidding you to go out into the deep. He said, Peter, go out into the deep. And, and, and Peter's like, oh, come on, really? I've been out there. I've been disappointed. It can be very disappointing out there. Yeah, sometimes it can be, but it can also be the place of miracles. If you'll just trust me, go into the deep water. What is the deep water that the Holy Spirit has been inviting you into, but you're afraid? You're afraid because you've been hurt there. You've been hurt there. Hurt. COVID was rough. Does anybody remember COVID? <laughs> You're like, too soon, Pastor. <laughs> COVID was rough, man. Rough a season of my life. Rough a season of my ministry. You know, it was tough. No one knew what to do, you know, and shutting down and opening up, and some people are saying this, and some people are saying that, and, and I remember it didn't matter what I said or what I preached. People were mad. 
It didn't matter what I did. I, there, was no, there was nothing I could do that was right. You know, I mean, I, I was getting emails all the time. Everyone had an idea and an opinion, and it was just a rough, it was a really rough season for all pastors at the time. And in the middle of, of this challenge and these storms, I remember feeling like we were in the deep waters and these waves of, of conflict would come and these waves of disappointment would come and these waves of just disappointing moments. And, and, and you know, these, these moments where I don't know, pastor, I just, sometimes I just wish Christians would act more Christian. <laughs> in the middle of all of that, I experienced the greatest betrayal of 20 years of ministry. Just betrayed, just deeply hurt, deeply wounded. My heart was just cut open by someone that I cared about and my wife and I had spent time investing and years investing and we went through this horrible betrayal and it, was, it, was, it happened in the deep water. And you know what I did? I reacted in the moment because that's oftentimes what we do. What happens when you get hurt? Protect, I wanna be protected. So I made a vow in that moment, a foolish vow, but I made a vow. I'm never, ever gonna get hurt like that again. I'm never, ever gonna let anybody get close to me again. I'm never, ever gonna build a relationship like that again. I'm gonna stay in the shallow water, relationally speaking, as a pastor and just do my preaching. I'll do my best to love people, but no one's ever gonna get in that far again, bless God. The problem though was this, I noticed that the longer I stayed in the shallow waters, the more shallow my faith became. The longer I stayed in the shallow waters, um, the more shallow my relationships became. <laughs> and I was stuck because I longed for something deeper, but I, my pain was convincing me to stay in the shallow water. And I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting you tonight to take a step of faith and trust him. Your pastor got up and I believe he spoke very prophetically and said, tonight hearts are gonna be healed and I believe that it's God's heart tonight is to heal some hearts. Because pain will keep us in the shallow waters of safety when God's calling us to the deep waters of miracle. And so Peter says, okay, we'll, we'll give it a try. And I've gotta decide that God's faithfulness is bigger than my feelings. And that's hard sometimes. But Peter made a decision. He said, okay, Lord, I've already tried that, but I have your word. So at your word, I'm gonna give it one more shot. I've been hurt, but at your word, I'm gonna try it again. I've been wounded, but at your word, I'm gonna forgive and I'm gonna learn how to love in the deep water again. I'm gonna try it again. I've, I, I've launched into the deep and let down my nets, but, but I have a word. And here's the deal. I've gotta trust God to fill what I can't fill and do what I can't do because his word has authority over all of my worry. And Peter goes out and he puts down his net and the catch is so big that he has to ask for help to bring it in. His boat starts to sink. He goes from empty to abundantly full, but it happened because he made a choice. He decided that God's faithfulness was bigger than what he was feeling. He decided not to walk away from the thing that God was walking towards. And because he did that, he experienced the miracle working power of God in his life and so can you. What is the thing that you keep pulling up that keeps coming up empty? 
What is the prayer that you have prayed? And you keep looking for God to answer it in your family, in your children, your grandchildren, maybe your purpose, your career, your calling. You're like, God, I know there's more in here, but I just don't see more happening. And it's frustrating and I'm getting tired. In fact, I'm almost tired of trying. I'm just gonna go the rest of my life and stay on the shallow water. But you already know, even as it comes out of your mouth, you know, I can't do it. There's a voice that keeps calling me into a deeper place. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up right now. In just a moment, I, um, I'm gonna invite us to, to pray and to receive prayer because I feel like there's been some empty nets that God wants to fill and I feel like there's been some hearts that have been wounded that God wants to heal and there have been some prayers that we've prayed that we haven't seen an answer to. And this is unusual. I'm about to say something that was very unusual. I, I was worshiping over here and I heard the Holy Spirit say, one of the nets that have come up empty for somebody is trying to have a child and you haven't been able to conceive. And the net just keeps coming up empty. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you're here. I don't know if you're watching. But the Lord said that it's time to fill the net and don't you dare walk away from the dream he's put in your heart. Because even if the doctor said it can't happen, God can make all things possible. All things possible. My wife and I, God told us to try to have another child. And um, so we said, okay, God, you said, we thought we were done having children. And God said, I want you to have another child. So we, we tried to have another child. Tina got pregnant. And then about uh, six weeks into the pregnancy, she miscarried. And it was one of the most challenging seasons of our life. Because what do you do when God told you to do something, but it still doesn't work out? And so we tried, but it didn't work out. And she had, Tina had two miscarriages and I was so distraught and I was so tired and her heart was breaking, just broken. She, she, it was just a brokenness that, that I, watching it as her husband was one of the most hardest things to watch. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. This wasn't even my idea. It wasn't my wife's idea. You said to try again. You had a plan for another child in our life. You said to try it again. I said, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, Travis, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to trust me and try one more time. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I said, God, this hurts too much to keep trying and it not working. Truth be told, we were a little afraid to try. But we decided to take a step of faith and we tried one last time. And we said, this is it. If it doesn't work, I don't know. Maybe the Lord wants us to adopt. Maybe, maybe we missed God. Because you know, when it gets hard and it takes a long time, you start to even wonder if it was God in the first place. And then Tina, on that third try, Tina got pregnant. And that little baby girl was born. Her name is Savannah. She's five years old today. She's the sweetest, precious, most cutest little thing. She's got... She's got all of her mama's uh, sweetness and all of her daddy's attitude. I mean, she's amazing, you know? But what's really amazing is that two years later, she got pregnant again. And little Olivia is almost two years old now. Because God is able to do immeasurably more than what you can think or even begin to imagine. Now I can tell some of you are like, yes, pastor, this resonates. Other of you are like, pastor, do not pray for me tonight. Please do not pray for me tonight. 
<laughs> My quiver is full, Pastor. Thank you. God bless you. <clears throat> but you know what? Some of you, God has planted something in here that needs to be birthed. The vision for your family, a vision that God gave you for your relationship with your husband or your wife, the vision that God gave you for your purpose, your ministry, your calling, your career. There's something that's in here and you can't seem to pull it up. You stand to your feet with me tonight. Pastor, I don't know, do we have elders or prayer team partners? Could prayer partners or elders, uh, would you mind just coming up? And in just a moment, I'm gonna invite those of you that are here tonight, either you know that God has something in here that needs to be birthed. You know that there's some wounds on the heart that has convinced you, don't launch out into the deep. You're fine in the shallows, but there's something calling you. You're living in the tension of knowing there's a voice calling you. And some of us might be here tonight and you're like, I'm ready to walk away from the net. I'm ready to walk away from the boat. I'm tired. I pulled up empty too many times. And tonight God sent a word to tell you, don't you dare give up on the thing that God's getting ready to lift up. <laughs> you're not empty. You've just been reserved. And on the calendar of heaven, your reservation is almost up. It's time for you to sit at the table, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for your son or your daughter. Maybe it's for a family member tonight. You know, God's calling them into the deep. You just wanna, you just wanna pray for them tonight. I wanna invite you right now, wherever you are, all over this room, upper level, lower level, as the worship team begins to lead us, I want you to come down and find a prayer partner to pray with. Say, that's me. God, I know you put more in me. I know you're calling me to give birth to something. I know you're not done with my family. I know the dream you put in my heart. It's not a, a, a dream in vain. God, you've got more. This net is not gonna stay empty. My boat is not gonna stay empty. God has more in store. If that's for you, if that's for your son or your daughter, if that's for your grandchildren, I want you to come down. We're gonna pray and we're gonna agree that in the name of Jesus. God's are getting ready to fulfill that which has been empty. In Jesus' mighty name. Worship team, would you lead us tonight? I'm calling on the God of Jacob Whose love endures through generations I know that you will keep your covenant. Come, come down. Come. Just like Jesus met Peter. He's meeting you in this moment. Come on. Come on. Oh God, my God. No more empty nets.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. your grandchildren. Your purpose, your calling, your ministry.
Trusting in your faithfulness. Give me faith to say yes again. Give me faith to believe that what I see is empty, you see is reserved. And no matter what we see, no matter how shaken we are, no matter how broken we are, you're never shaken. You're never broken. Yes. 
our strong tower, our refuge. Remind us again of who you are. Remind us again of who you are, God. Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad than I put my faith in No matter what you're seeing, no matter what you're facing, he's never going to let you down. Come on, sing. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. And this is why. I'm not held by my own strength. Because I've built my life on Jesus. And he's never... right here where it says rain came wind blew but it didn't matter because I built my house on you listen the apostle Paul says sing to one another with psalms hymns and spiritual songs and I believe it in my heart it's because the apostle Paul knew that your worship could affect me and my worship could affect you because you know what I'm going through and I know what you're going through and no matter what you're facing you lift your hands and say but I serve a faithful God so I'm going to tell you don't be a spectator in this moment right now We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We all have a story of God coming through for us. We all have a story of God being faithful. 
we have stories of going out into the deep, letting down our nets, and getting a catch that's so big that our boats begin to sink. And so when we sing this bridge, don't just stand there. Begin to worship. Begin to testify. Encourage the people around you that the God we serve is a faithful God. And when the rain comes and when the wind blows, you don't have to be afraid because your house is built on the rock. And you're never going to fail because God never fails. He's never failed one time and he won't start tonight. Come on, sing. Rain came, wind blows. Sing. Sing. You know, we have saying over and over again, he won't fail. But here's what I want you to say. I want you to say something even firmer than that. I want you to repeat with me. Say, God can't fail. Come on, say it again. God can't fail. If you believe that, give him praise in this place right now. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.
The Lord is in the house tonight. Amen. He was here last night and he's going to be with us tomorrow night as well. I'm so glad you were here to get to experience God's goodness and grace and his deliverance and his encouragement and his healing power on your hearts tonight. Would you join me in thanking Pastor Travis Hall tonight for being with us? Thank you, my friend. And already booked for next year's revival is Pastor Lance Pierce over here. Listen, I hope you have a fantastic night and tomorrow, and I can't wait to see you here tomorrow night. Pastor Joe Dobbins will be here, one of my favorite uh, friends and speakers. You guys love him. He's going to be here. Don't forget, when you leave here, go out into the atrium, uh, go see Pastor Travis, uh, grab one of his books, have him sign it for you, but I know it'll be a blessing to you. I haven't read this one yet, but I've read his first one. It is fantastic. I can't wait to read this one as well. Let me bless you before you go, according to Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you folks. Love you. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to learn more about North, be sure to check out our website at mountparennorth.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at mountparennorth.com or give us a call at 770-578-9081. And if you're in the Marietta, Georgia area, we'd love to have you join us for worship next Sunday at 945 or 1115 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.